Peace and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you are sure that I'm the pastor? Huh? I mean, how, I mean, how do you know? Huh? The collar, absolutely. You see, this is my official pastor outfit. This is my official pastor uniform. All right? Now, how many of you grew up with your pastor in such a, a uniform? Right? Oh, yeah, I see a lot of you. And how many of them even covered up part of this uniform with a white robe or even a black robe called a cassock and surplus? Oh, yeah. See, those were the holy men. Underneath it all, was just a man. Just a sinful, struggles just as much. I don't mean to bemoan the uniform of many hundreds, probably thousands of pastors if they choose to wear that on a given Sunday. You know what? That's their right. But Paul wanted something more for the church. Paul wanted something more in the first century church than for people to be so enamored with what is on the outside, to be so impressed by how the, the, the things looked or the people looked, that he echoed Jesus' own words. Do you not see these people who are whitewashed tombs on the outside? Oh, they look good, but what does a whitewashed tomb have on the inside? Dead bones. No flesh, no spirit, no life, nothing. And you can look good on the outside all you want. And you can dress up, you can do all of these kinds of things, but none of it will mean anything if what is on the inside is not broken, is not humbled, is not brought to the knees in repentance, and then given life by Jesus. How much time this morning did you spend getting ready for church? Uh, some of you, not very long. I, I can, it's all right. I, I mean, I can, I can, and you know what? This is the kind of place where you should be able to come in and go, you know what? I go to a church where they don't even care what you wear. I mean, we, I, I mean, we do care. I mean, you know, certain skirt levels, a little bit down, right? But this is not your church where you've got to have a suit and a tie and ladies, where, you, where you're buttoned all the way up and the hair is perfectly in place with a, a, a modicum of makeup. This is not one of those churches. Why? Because we have chosen to say in this context and in this community, we are going to attempt to welcome people as they are, just as Jesus did. We're not going to get caught up in the trappings that the church so easily gets caught up in. If you heard Marcus reading, you understand that this text from Holy Scripture is one of the first major battles of the first century church. 
Let me boil it down for you. What is happening is that the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians are at odds. And it's not even the believers themselves, it's the leaders of those. And the leaders of the Jewish Christians are saying, you know what, the Gentiles, they should be circumcised just like we're circumcised. They should look the exact same. They should have to follow and do everything that I did. Some of you grew up in the Lutheran church. How many of you had confirmation where you had to stand in front of the congregation? Just go ahead and, yeah, see, good number of you. The rest of you are going, what the heck are they talking about? You had, as a kid, you had to stand up, be prepared for the pastor to ask you questions. And I'm not saying it wasn't a somewhat worthwhile endeavor. You probably say, man, I still know the scriptures just as much because I had to memorize and I had to know the answers. And that's all great. But I'll be honest with you. I don't care about having you stand up and spout something off by memory. And I don't care about how you're dressed when you come for Holy Communion. And I certainly don't care about how, how you're dressed when you come for confirmation. Which is why this week it was disheartening to receive an anonymous letter in the mail. Isn't that how they always are? Normally, I just want you to know, if it's anonymous, I usually look first and throw it away. But I figured that the Lord wanted me to read this this week because he knew what text I was preaching on. Dear Pastor Dyer, my family and I attended a service at your church recently and were amazed at how casual you were dressed for the confirmation service. You did not appear as a man of the cloth, and we never would have known you were the pastor when we entered the church. Dressing casual is one thing, but dressed for an outdoor hike is another. I don't know about you, but I don't hike in boots and jeans, but that's okay. We hope that you do not always dress so casually for your services as we feel this is a disrespect to your calling. Sincerely, a visitor. The reason my heart breaks is not because I was chastised. The reason my heart breaks is because that person's heart is focused on the wrong thing. And bad fruit comes from bad trees. We're just going to call it out because that's what we do to fellow Christians. Is we say, you know what, your fruit doesn't match. You talk a good game, but even God says, I am so tired of your vain repetitions. You don't have a heart that's after me. See, he doesn't care what you wear. And he doesn't care how often you come. And he doesn't care if you put money in the offering plate. And he doesn't care... What God cares is the things of the heart. And he says, are you inclined towards me? And do you live in grace? But you know what's more comfortable for people? What's more comfortable is to know what the law is and what the rules are. What people are unfortunately more comfortable with is, I wonder how somebody's going to perceive me. Well, I know people are watching me. And that's all good and fine. We're, we're made aware of that in Holy Scripture, to be wary of, our, uh, 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 of how we're uh, appearing of our witness. But my guess is sometimes the only thing we care about about somebody watching our witness is because we don't want them to think poorly of us. And isn't that a shame? 
No, I don't want to brag about my sin. But I want you to know I'm just a man. I want you to know and your neighbors to know that you're just a man or a woman, a son or a daughter, that we are in no way some high and mighty, finger-wagging group of people that think that we're so much better than you are. Hey, you want to wear your Sunday best to church? Wear your Sunday best. Do it. Do it because you say, you know what, I, I want to dress up for Jesus today. Okay, fine. Wear a hat too, ladies, if you want to. Nothing like a group of ladies wearing a hat in church, okay? And you, well, that might give offense to some. I don't care. The point is, is that God doesn't care what you wear. Paul and Barnabas get this word. In chapter 15, the church says, well, we think that the Gentiles should be looking like and acting like the Jews, who for so many years have followed the law of Moses. They are obviously more holy than the others. And Paul and Barnabas take Peter to task. And so they meet in verse 6, the apostles, the elders meet to consider the question. And after much discussion, Peter gets up, addresses them. Brothers, you know that the same time ago God made choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from the lips of the message of the gospel and believe. What Peter is saying is, you know what? Yes, we were taken as the Jewish nation out of all the other nations. And God made us special. You know, God sent his word to us. He sent us the prophets. Yes, he gave us law after law and said, I want you to live differently. I want you to look differently from everybody else so that when they see the prosperity of your nation, they will go, how is it that you guys win every battle and everybody is cared for and there aren't any poor and all of these things? So when the nations look at you, how come that's so? And God goes, so that my name would be honored and praised so that we would go, you know what? Yahweh provides for us. Yahweh is my protection. But no, Israel, you went your own way. You did your own thing. You went in the direction you thought was right in your own sight. And so God said, you know what? Off to Babylon. So that you'll repent, so that you'll turn around. You see, what God's law does, his law is, is meant to bring us to our knees in humble submission and say, look, <laughs> I'm God, God says, and you're not. But I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to say, you don't do this, and you don't do this, and you don't do this, and you don't do this. That is not God's number one purpose. God's number one purpose is to say, child, you're forgiven. And I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you do, in the sense of God doesn't care what your job title is, doesn't care what your family name is, none of those things mean anything to God. But he says, I made you, I love you. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. And that's it. Is that God says, I know your heart. 
I look into the darkest, the deepest, the places that you have pulled away from your spouse, from your kids, from your best friends. No one knows the deep recesses of your thoughts. Oh my gosh, if my parents knew the secrets I had. If my wife knew the secrets I had. If my friends at school knew what I was like back home. And here's the thing. God knows all of those. And he loves you anyway. Hear me. Hear me if you've never heard this before or if you need to hear it over and over again. God knows you cold and loves you anyway. And you cannot outsend God's grace. And you cannot outrun his love. And his pursuit of you is perfection. And it will hurt you. (laughs) It will cause pain. You will be slapped in the face with all of the things that you go, man, that doesn't please God, that doesn't please God, that doesn't please God, that doesn't please God. And you'll go, oh my gosh. And he'll go, I love you anyway. I sometimes think that the reason we like to have the law around or to know where the law is is because we somehow go, well, that's where the boundaries are. Then I know how far I can go over here or how far I can go over there. And so, you know, if I walk around town with this on, right, if I put my collar on, then you'll know exactly, I call this my fun dip dipper, You see, if I put this on, then if you're getting ready to shoplift something in the store, and I walk down the aisle, what's probably going to be your reaction? (laughs) (laughs) Not good. Let's put that back away. Right? And if I'm walking down the street, and you're yelling at your kid, I can't believe you got another C. What's wrong? Hi. As if this is supposed to stop you from following God's law. One of our sister churches was having a men's retreat up at LVR this weekend. I went up Thursday night to drop off some keys. I decided to stay the night, sit around the campfire. It was a little chilly. I had a ball cap on, pulled down over my eyes. I had a sweatshirt hood pulled up closely. I was zipped up. I had pants on. Um, <laughs> and again, that just throws people way off normally. Uh, normally I wear shorts if you don't know me. Uh, there were three hours. Three hours I sat next to the fire. No one knew who I was. And the topics, right? Man, this is an effing awesome retreat. Man, that dude that brought the word in there, that just so convicted my heart, man. You know, I, I need to do things differently and love my wife differently. And, you know, and he's going on. And, and another guy, shoot, but he didn't say shoot. And, you know, I mean, it's like, man, that's just so awesome. And, man, who are you? And I'm like, I'm David. And 
He's like, oh, did you hear the speaker? I said, no, I came late. I'm just, I'm just relaxing outside. And, you know, the night came by and more guys came in and, and free language and these kinds of, you know, and so they're just being guys, right? And, hey, you want to smoke a part of my cigarette? And, no, no, but do you have a cigar? Awesome. Yeah, I'll give you a cigar. So I had a cigar, you know, and I had, you know. A couple hours later, one of the pastors came by. He sat down, didn't recognize me for a little while. About 10 minutes. He's like, Dyer? What are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm spying on all your members. <laughs> you don't have very holy members. <laughs> they cuss, they drink, and they smoke. Then <sighs> the word got around. <laughs> That was Pastor Dyer out there. Oh my gosh. You see, a couple of guys go, What did I say? Did I tell you that story? Do you do that? And I just thought, Really? It's not how we look, it's the Word of God that makes us different. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 22. One of the Pharisees said, he was an expert in the law, testing Jesus with this question, asked, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law and the commandments hang on these two things. And these two things, while law, are based in grace. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Meaning, you choose to live your life in such a way that honors God. Not out of compulsion because God's going to somehow zap you with the holy zapper. But because you love God. Think about it. When you were dating your spouse and you loved them, whether you'd said it yet or not, did you not sacrifice time and energy and allowance? Fourth grade, I remember, Mom, i got to have some of that little uh, trial bottle of perfume. And my mom's going, why? There's a girl at school. <laughs> and I want to give it to her. Well, that'll cost you. That's out of my stock. you got to pay for it. And I was like, whatever it costs, <laughs> I'll do it. Fourth grade. That's what love does. What love does is it compels us to act. What love does is it compels us to see things the way that God, who is love, sees things. And what love does is it is, <laughs> it is cruel to a fault, if you will. Hear me out. Love lays us bare. Love 
says, accept me the way I am. With all my flabby parts, my extended parts. My no hair parts. Love says, love me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And we don't mean that you walk up to your neighbor and just go, look, my pastor really convicted me today. I've never told you this, but I love you. And then turn around and walk off. (laughs) Okay, that's not going to get it but that your actions are motivated, that you are compelled to show love in grace, to show love in mercy, to show love in forgiveness, to show love to a person whose heart has never experienced unconditional acceptance. Yep, it's the one who the world says, don't go near there. Oh, we don't say leprosy. We go, homosexual, Some places, oh, they're single. What's wrong with them? Divorced? Shame on them. And we pick out every single law thing that we don't participate in, and we go, (laughs) feeling really good about myself. When in fact, I'll guarantee you what your neighbor needs is for you to walk over to them, introduce yourself, and say, hi. What your neighbor needs is for you to extend a a hand of grace and friendship and fellowship, of, of love and support. What your coworker needs is not another tongue lashing from you, but rather a second chance. And what your spouse needs from you is again forgiveness for being imperfect. What the students in your school need is not a Bible thumper, not a holier than thou, not a perfect person who is always going to fall and then be called hypocrite. No, what the people in your school need is a youth, a student, a young person that simply says, I walk by the grace of God. And I want you to walk with me. That's the picture. Paul says, Peter reminds us actually, verse 11, we believe it is through grace, through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. And I don't know if that's new for you. I don't know if that's just hitting you. I don't know if you've somehow blown over that because you've gotten caught up in the trappings of what the music sounds like or who's preaching or not or what they're wearing or where you sit or whether it's hot or whether it's cold, whether there's enough parking or not, whether the lights are up, the lights are down, whether the drums are there or the bass is too loud. I don't know if that's why you come to church But my prayer is, is that you come to be reminded and encouraged and built up to live in the grace of God. 
And when you are built up and encouraged by the grace of God, that you know that you are sent. You know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are sent from this place each and every week with the grace of God. And it doesn't matter what you wear. We know that the right uniform to wear here this morning at Family of Christ is a Broncos jersey. And some of you have chosen to wear a Green Bay Packers shirt or jersey. And it's like hundreds of, and I go, what? This is Denver, Colorado, where the Broncos are. No, I'm just kidding. We don't care about that. (laughs) Not at all, okay? We don't. We don't, actually. What I care about is that you have a heart that is willing to be loved by an almighty God who, when you least deserve it, forgives you, who loves you, and who wants the best for you. My prayer for you is that you would live in that grace today. Amen.